time for us to talk to ambitious, driven, motivated people. Today we speak to Tato Moahi. She owns the land. She owns a 50-hectare farm in Bulugwane and leases a 10-hectare farm in Cape Town. She's 30 years old and was the first South African to receive the Nuffield Agricultural Scholarship from the UK. She's also formed part of the Land Reform Presidential Committee. Her hard work and achievements in agriculture have also earned her Limpopo's Young Farmer and the Department of Agriculture, Forestry and Fisheries Female Entrepreneur of the Year. A long CV. She joins us on the line. Hello, Tato. Hi, how are you? You are you are simply amazing. Let me just tell you that. I just read out your entire CV, girl. How are you doing? I'm well. I'm well. Just another busy day. <laughs> another busy day. We can imagine. We can imagine. You're probably the youngest lady farmer I have heard of, right? I would love to know what motivated you to become a farmer. Was it your upbringing, maybe? Did you grow up on a farm? What ignited your interest? I actually grew up in Joburg. I'm a city girl, student throughout. Mm. And I think with my parents, you know, giving us exposure, we travel a lot. So, you know, when we go to Zemin, that's where my grandmother used to stay, it'd be like you'd be driving past farms, you see fruit farms, you see all types of things. And that sort of sparked my interest. But where I thought, you know what, I'm going to grow into this as a career, was at university when I realized, you know, the technical side and the fact that I can be an entrepreneur, work by myself, you know, have my own hours, and then as well as, you know, employing people within my community. So it was pretty an attractive industry to me. I then mm -hmm. later went into into agriculture, starting my own business in partnership with my dad. And um, that's how basically I decided to be a farmer and move to to. Uh, you know, rural area and changed lifestyle and, um, you know, started living differently. You know, we read your profile, we read your CV. It's a very successful one, but I'm sure there must have been barriers that you experienced upon, you know, entering this, this industry. Uh, racial issues, maybe gender issues you may have come across. Maybe share some of the challenges that you've experienced. Well, being someone from that never grew up in a rural space or, you know, have parents that own land, it was pretty difficult to say that you, you have this dream, you want to be a farmer, you want to create a farm, employ people, but you, there's so many challenges. You need access to land, you need access to capital, you need the right mm -hmm. skills, you need to know the right people. So it, there's so many barriers wherever you enter, be it a young person, be it a person of color, be it a woman, you really need the the you know to surround yourself with the right people to be able to be successful um and you know i faced different challenges you know going to the market selling my animals going to an auction and i'm the only young you know person there i'm among men who are much older than me um so it's really taught me to be resilient whenever i face something i have to be very creative you have to think on your feet and you need to make business decisions at the end of the day so Yes, it is tough. You're going to face a lot of issues, but you really have to have a thick skin. You talk about networking a lot, right? Um, yes. Is it easy to find a community of people who will be supportive, you know, in this industry? Yeah, it's obviously difficult. If you think of yourself as a farmer, being in an isolated environment on a farm, you're running your own business. Mm. But it can get isolating. So what helped me was I had the academic friends. 
as well as advocacy, I said, you know, I'm going to use my voice, represent young women um, and young people within agriculture. And that's where I started expanding my horizons, networking, sharing my story and my experiences. And to find out there's so many other people going through similar experiences, it's just, you know, they they might not have found the same way. So it's just about, you know, surrounding yourself with people who are like-minded, who are passionate in what they do, who are willing to share. There's lots of individuals that use social media to share their stories, um, you know, and this is the way that we as farmers or people within the agricultural industry have found ways to communicate, you know, so it's not that it's, there's this barrier to those that between the have and the have not, those that have information and those that do not. Um, so we, we, really, we are really trying with many young, young farmers out there that are, you know, sharing their stories, that are going out there, you know, sharing their stories, especially when it comes to how they acquire land, how they run their oh. businesses, um, which are the key questions that most people want to find out when they get into this industry. Yeah, because, I mean, it couldn't have been easy. You own a 50-hectare farm in Bulugana. Was that easy to access? No. You know, when I first wanted to start my farm, I applied to government schemes, and I think we applied for a period of four to five years, and we weren't successful. I then thought about this economically. Okay, I'm a young person. I can't go to the bank. I don't have collateral. So I was going to have to hustle from people that I knew. So I did my research, with, uh, spent time on other people's farms, really understanding the business side of things, and I came up with a case study, which I gave to my dad, and I, I was, he's a businessman. I said, does this make business sense to you? you know, and mm. he was pretty inspired by that and said, you know what, this does make business, experience, I mean, uh, business sense. Let's invest in it. So we went into a partnership. We bought land on auction. And which which was a really interesting experience because um, not a lot of people uh, are able to access land that way. So I had to make sure that I can get you know family members or people close to me to invest in my ideas and sell that as a business case to them. Offer them shares. You know, if they're coming in with capital, I should come in with the knowledge and the expertise and you know how to run things on the ground. So it's really hard to make partnerships. I've evolved now to the point where I have mentors, people that used to be, you know, lecturers for me, uh, were my lecturers in university, or even people in the industry that I can be able to call on and, you know, ask questions to them if I'm facing any difficulties. All right, Tato, I do want to get down to business and talk about your farms, what you do and what you produce, but I do need to go to a break and then we'll conclude our conversation after. If you've just joined us, we're chatting to Tato Moahi, who owns a 50-hectare farm in, in Bulguane and also leases a 10-hectare farm in Cape Town. She's talking all things farming um, and being a lady in this uh, agricultural sector. Tato, welcome back. We were going to talk about uh, Lechai Labonareng Farms, right, when you established your, your company and what it is that you produce. Yes, so I established my company in 2014. We've produced uh, livestock, so we're currently breeding cattle, sheep, and goats, as well as pigs. And this is in the aim to, you know, we want to slaughter, create our own meat brand. And then in Cape Town, I'm growing indigenous vegetables for the informal market. We're working on a project where we're trying to get uh, indigenous vegetables to retailers, you know, to the normal shops that people can have access to 
things that are, you know, produce that's sustainably grown, organic, that is indigenous to South Africa, so it's healthy for our bodies. And, um, yeah, so it's been, been quite exciting that I can be able to work on such projects. And yeah. in Limpopo, it's, we, it's an experimental farm, so um, we, you know, try a lot of different things. We do mixed farming, we also do bees, we do crops. So it's, it's really a really fun project. So, 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 so you farm and cultivate all these, all this produce, and then do what with it? So we can just sell. So in Limpopo, we are breeding um, for to be able to make sure that we can have um, um, more babies, basically, and mm-hmm. uh, you know to grow our stock, and then we slaughter um, our livestock, and then we also supply informal or formal markets, so it depends on whichever contract we, we have. We supply pick and pay, choppies, um, we you know, shop right as well. We also in supply informal vendors, people on the street who we okay. deliver to them uh, fresh vegetables. Um, so yeah, so we, we just take opportunity where there's markets in the gap. So you were also part of the Land Reform Presidential Committee, and I'm assuming that there was lots of robust debate happening there. What what advances can you share with us that are being made for the inclusion of black farmers into the agricultural sector? Well, I think what's important is obviously access to land, and I think one of the major things that we did is in the committee was to make sure that we make policies that are true to the ground of what's really happening. So taking you know a step back, understanding what farmers are going through, what are the challenges of people that are trying to access land, once they've accessed land, how do you get them to a point where they are sustainable, growing good businesses? So we realized that this is a really an institutional matter where we need to now work on our institutions, make sure that we have the right capacity in the right areas to support farmers, to support development, especially if we're going to be looking at enterprises to say, Yes, we want to put money into these enterprises, but what do they need? Do they need skills? Um, do they need machinery? So it's really trying to, you know, create policies where the different departments are communicating with each other. Private sector also has interests that can come in. Civil society that are, you know, driving very important genders also needs to be heard. So it was a very, you know, important platform. Um, obviously, I was there to represent farmers, to represent young people, giving that perspective, um, and, you know, in advising policies. So at least, you know, the policies talk to the target market in, in terms of if we, we have an aging population of farmers within South Africa, how do we get young people in? So it was really a great platform to, to, to give my input and say, these are the type of ideas that we need to be thinking of to attract young people into this industry. Wow, that's amazing. You're really making strides. And you're also the first South African uh, to receive the Nuffield Agricultural Scholarship from the UK. Would you say that this may have perhaps shaped your approach to the agricultural business in any way? Of, of course. It was one of my, you know, one of those life-changing experiences that I had to be able to travel the world and see agriculture you know, in different countries. We, you know, I had a chance to go to Asia, you know, China as well as South Asia. I had opportunities to go to Europe, different countries to see how agriculture is done, South America, North America. So I spent two years really getting in-depth understanding to say what is the, you know, the bar of agriculture in different regions, 
how are markets working, how, you know, I also got a chance to interact on, uh, you know, a platform such as, you know, the FAO and UN to be able to share, you know, stories from South Africa to say how can we influence not just national policies, international policies that talk to people. And uh, that for me, it really changed my view. And coming back home and then going back into my business, it changed my viewpoint to say, you know, we need to be working towards growing sustainable businesses, you know, working with the environment, understanding what are the environmental factors we need doing agriculture, but also how do we create products that talk to our consumers at the moment, you know, live in a country where, you know, it's, there's this huge gap between the poor and the rich, and how do we supply food to people that's you know, healthy for them, but they can also afford it. So it mm. really you know, blew my mind, but also it opened up pathways, not just for myself, but for other people to now start engaging in these platforms, which I share within, you know, on my social media when I talk to people, and people ask me for advice to say, look at this, you know, you're a young person, you can go and study overseas. You can, you know, get knowledge in other people's farms. Here's a technology that you might not have thought of. Um, so it's, it's been a very engaging experience. Wonderful. So tell us about the programs that you run where you empower future farmers, you know. I love that with all your accolades and all your success, you still want to pay it forward. Um, tell us about some of the programs that you're involved with. So one thing I realized when I started farming was to say how many people young people like myself actually have access to land, actually can, you know, get some experience. And that's when I opened my farm as an experiential learning platform. I, you know, advertise um, trainee posts for young people who want to finish um, the experiential learning for other qualification um, that they're currently doing at BSc, at BTEC. And... Um, to do the service training at the farm. And this is, you know, to create an environment where young farmers can see how are other young farmers doing it, but also get an inspiration to be not just an employee, but also to be an employer and entrepreneur. You know, taking that knowledge that they learn from university and converting it into something much more practical because you find a lot of graduates, they graduate in agriculture, but they say that they can't find jobs. And, the issue is that, you know, we need to be creating jobs. This is an industry where you can create jobs for people, for yourself. And if you have the knowledge on how to do something, you can just you just need to get the business experience and the business acumen to actually create something. You don't need, you know, to to, to have vast amounts of money. You need to leverage and